Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Thank you, as always, for being a part of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, whether you're downloading, streaming, however you're getting this, I appreciate the support, and the best way you know you can support Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast is to be a part of it on Stitcher Premium. Let me tell you about what you get with Stitcher Premium. If you go to stitcher.com slash notsam, stitcher.com slash notsam, and sign up for Stitcher Premium there, you will not only get this very podcast each and every week completely ad-free, but... You will get the Stitcher Premium exclusive show, Captive Audience. Captive Audience is where I take somebody that I uh, am friends with and family with, whatever, and sit them down and make them watch a wrestling pay-per-view that they would never watch. We do it in real time. It's a watch-along experience. You can turn on the WWE Network and you can watch it as I try to explain to them what's going on on the screen. Uh, This time around, Monday it was released. I made my wife Jess sit down and watch WCW's New Blood Rising pay-per-view. And I didn't remember most of what happened at New Blood Rising. This was a tough one to explain. I'll be honest. It was a tough one to explain, and you can hear me try to explain what's going on and put it all into a historical context with my wife, who just thought the whole thing was hilarious. Listen to it now over at Stitcher Premium. Stitcher.com slash NotSam. If you sign up to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast on Stitcher Premium, you're also going to get everything that Stitcher Premium has to offer. All the other shows that are on Stitcher Premium, you will have access to with this one very inexpensive subscription. Go over. Stitcher.com slash NotSam. Sign up to the premium feed right now. Stitcher.com slash NotSam. And let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Boy, oh boy, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. It's going to be a fun one, fun one today. A lot to talk about. Uh, it might sound a little bit different than it usually does. I'm in a different studio because once again... Uh, being a beautiful East Coaster, we are snowed in, um, and so I, I, I changed my methods because last time I was snowed in and had to use my recorder, some of the cables were messed up, you guys weren't too happy with the audio quality, so hopefully this will be a little better, I used a studio here in the city, but that's why to you audio files, it might sound a little bit different than it does when I'm using uh, the beautiful Not Sam Studios uh, in my own home. Welcome. To the wrestling podcast. Uh, we got a huge guest on this week that I want to get into because there's a lot to digest, a lot to unpack, and a lot of news with the interview. But, of course, the biggest news of the week, if not the whole year, is, duh, Daniel Bryan returning to the ring. And it's official, and WWE has cleared him. We'll talk about that in the state of wrestling, of course, but if you want to see and hear me digest it completely, people were asking for a bonus state of wrestling show, and I did that. Uh, I did a Sam Roberts Now show on YouTube. If you go over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash NotSam, 
you can watch uh, the reaction. It was like less than an hour after WWE had announced that Daniel Bryan was officially cleared to return to the ring. Uh, we went on the YouTube channel and did a live show. So that whole unpacking, that whole bonus show about Daniel Bryan is available over at YouTube.com slash NotSam. But there's now even more to unpack. What What is the response to what we saw on SmackDown? How do we feel watching Daniel Bryan taking these bumps? Uh, where Where does it head to? A lot of that. We'll, we'll get into all of it on the State of Wrestling this week. But before we get to the State of Wrestling, of course... Our interview segment, and this week it's with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns stopped by the SiriusXM studios to uh, be on the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts morning show that we do every morning uh, at Sirius on Channel 103. That's Faction Talk on SiriusXM. Uh, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is when our morning show is on. But we had Roman Reigns on uh, a couple days ago. And it was something that I wanted to share with you guys because, you know, some of you guys are international. Not all of you guys have a Sirius subscription. But I wanted to share the interview with you guys just because uh, it's a good. It's always good to hear Roman talking. There's so much talking about Roman Reigns that happens. It's always interesting to get his perspective on a lot of what goes on. And we get into we get into the the greatest Royal Rumble. We get into the steroid scandal that he's been attached to. Uh, if you ask me unfairly, but we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, so and of course. We get into WrestleMania and Brock Lesnar and calling him a bitch and all this stuff. You don't have to hear me talk about it. You can hear it for yourself, ladies and gentlemen, this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. It's the one and only, the big dog, Roman Reigns. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. There he is. And there he is. Hello, Roman. What's going on, man? What's up, Sam? How are you? Good, man. Roman Reigns is here. We're just talking about... uh, Anthony, that's why we said there he is, the guy that walked you in, and yeah. how uh, Travis, our producer, has no patience for him. So I hope that he didn't wear you out uh, in the walk-in. No, he was fine. There it is. Yeah. What did he talk to you about? Um, what did we talk about? Not too much, actually. We were actually talking about the uh, the signs on the bathroom. Yeah, so it was very entertaining. Is it because there are newer signs? The bathroom is the new new construction. Yeah, he, he was. Um, do I even need these? No, you don't have to. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry for those who can't see. I'm messing with headphones right now um we were talking because i i guess the woman had like an electric guitar yeah and then the man was a cowboy clearly right. he had the boots <laughs> which i thought that was pretty neat like you could get like a jack daniel shot in there or something like that like there's some weird like saloon theme right um but we were just in i want to say abu dhabi or somewhere uh you know in the middle east or whatever and their their bathroom signs is just the faces of a woman and a man and the man it's like a distinct like goatee it's funny how they did it just the face and every man has a goatee and then the woman is like literally wrapped up like it's like wow it's just like a drawing of that like kind of like a but they don't show the bodies no just faces. Yeah, yeah. Just and there's no room for mistake. If you, you know exactly which one you're you walking. You can go in there, but that, that's, <laughs> that, those are really the only uh, rules as far as that. Yeah, you must have been really happy with your facial hair choices when you got there. I, I was like, that's that's my bathroom. <laughs> that, I, that's that's the bathroom. Everybody how do they treat you there? Like the Middle East, the wrestling is big everywhere. They, how do they treat you when you go there? Excellent. You know what I mean? They're they're very uh, gracious. The hospitality, uh, pretty much everywhere we go, is uh, you know it's just. It's perfect, you know what I mean? Because there's always so much energy. There's always, you know, this huge excitement because, 
you know, we, we get to travel across America and, you know, do our domestic touring, you know, year round. But there, there's a lot of places we only get to go once a year or twice a year at that. So you can definitely tell, you know, and we're about to go, you know, once we get through mania, we're going into touring season. So, you know, I think we have uh, we have uh, South Africa. We have Saudi Arabia with the, yeah, there's the, a huge show in the, Saudi the greatest Arabia. battle royal of all time. Uh, so that's going to be huge, which I believe is, you know, and I'm hopefully I'm not giving, you know, Spoilers! Your breaking news yeah. happening now, but I believe it's going to be a huge network special. So, wow! You know, and, how about Dubai? From, uh, I have never done Dubai. I actually, uh, you know, was just thinking from the bathroom story, but uh, I've been to Abu Dhabi three times now. So I think what uh, Abu Dhabi is what an hour away, maybe two two hours if if that. But Dubai would be very cool. I, I, I would love to see that city. How far, like? ahead do you even think about things because like you said you're like okay we got south africa and you got saudi arabia but before that you got wrestlemania tonight you got madison square garden like that's what always blows my mind that these things that like we would think like okay i got a, a trip to saudi arabia in like a month i got to start kind of getting my head around what i'm going to be doing but there are so many things that you're going to be doing before that is that something you think about like the day before? Okay, that's what I'm doing now. Let's go do this. I try to get like a uh, you know when we when we get we get our schedules or so it, you know most of the booking you know as far as the live events we we have a couple months so you know in advance like you know a quarter in advance we know kind of where we're going. Hopefully you know things are subject to change obviously with you know life and injuries and things like that. So you never know what you know the card could actually be, but you have a general idea of where you're going to be. But Typically, you don't worry about it until the week of. Like, you know, when I go home, say when I finish this loop, you know, through the weekend and Monday, when I go home Tuesday, I'll chill out Tuesday. And then Wednesday, my wife will be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting this loop, you know, ready. I'm looking at cars. I'm kind of getting an idea of the routing. And if there's a central point, you know, if we're doing, you know, three live events, is there a middle point to where I can stay in the same hotel for two to three nights? You know, like the little things, you know, you got to kind of. You have to do that yourself? A little bit of due diligence. Yeah, man, I'm a I'm a jack of all trades. We we wear a lot of different hats as uh, as uh, inter entertainers in that ring. You know, it's not all just you know trunks and hip tosses. It's there's a, there's a lot. You know, we're travelers. That that's the real work is being a traveler. But this yeah. is this is the, the crazy part of all that is like so you're figuring out Wednesday what you're gonna do. Thursday traveling. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday on the road. Back home Tuesday. Literally Tuesday. Is the only time there's any peace where you're like, okay, I can kind of veg out for a second. You got a family, so it's not like yeah. you're just Tuesday. vegging out. Like yeah, you're sitting no, there. Tuesdays are actually one of the roughest days because uh -huh. that's a travel <laughs> day. You know, that's a that's a travel day. So you'll get home. You know, best case scenario, I'll get home ten, eleven in the morning, and as soon as I get home, you know, I have I have uh, you know two two baby boys. You know what I mean? So. They are very demanding. So when I, whenever I go home, I we always make fun of uh, Heath Slater. He'd always say, you know, when I go home, I just hit that super dad button. You know what I mean? I'm tired, but I hit that super dad button, and I'm just father <laughs> of the year. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of what you have to do because, like that, and that's one thing. You know, is I've always been taught when, especially in this business, when you're home be home you know what i mean and obviously you have to do you know like like with any job you have to have some preparation there's got to be a little bit of homework done uh you know to, to get everything lined up to have a smooth you know transition going back out on, onto the road but 
I try to, you know, log in and be there, you know, if I'm, whether I'm doing, you know, multiplication with my 10 year old or, you know, trying to get my boys to learn how to share, you know, you have to be all in in the situation that, you know, that's at hand. What yeah. about like security and stuff when you go to places like South, because there's some places that are just kind of dangerous for tourists and, and you get concerned about that? You know, we have a great, we have a great security staff, you know what I mean? And, and that, that's one thing people, you know, don't realize and, and, you, you you might be able to see it a little more, you know, now that, you know, you, you, you come around for the events and yeah. stuff and, and you're and you're working them. But there's a lot of stuff going on backstage and there's so many different, you know, crew members, so many different employees that make this company work. And security is a huge part of that. And they, they run our schedule, you know what I mean? Like sometimes people, people think it's just, oh, the wrestlers are the one. These guys, they, they rent cars and they make drives and typically they have to wait till every talent is out of the building. Then they can get in, in their car and, and, and do their uh, traveling as well. But it's very demanding and, and there's a lot of times, you know, they'll, they'll do the same drive you know at, at that midnight shift drive and then they have to be up you know on a monday you know if they do that drive sunday they got to be up monday at like 9 30 10 in order to work security for events and the ref, rest of the staff who are in a production meeting or whatever it is that they're doing at the building before the talent actually get there so there's a lot that goes into it and and they're just you know another key example of of just a strong link of the chain you know how great their security is if you go back last year at wrestlemania they did a thing with gronk and gronk was jumping out of the crowd to oh, interfere yeah, in a match yeah, yeah. and Lee. not not all the security knew about it so security guard as soon as gronk steps over the barricade a security guard just runs over to him and stops gronk and goes like uh-uh no way and like people had to come and like Dude, say she no punked, so, I, you know no offense to gronk but she kind of punked him a she little did. bit and then she did. her name's lisa and, and she's a total badass you know what i mean and and uh he so wasn't people going weren't, anywhere people weren't pissed at her yeah. for that what's that people weren't pissed at her for that right because because she didn't know she didn't know and she's just doing her job and you know what i mean from our standpoint and i think just in general you would rather have somebody you know step up and and you know come come to your aid opposed to like yeah i think he's all right as they're watching you know them walk by to possibly attack you, you <laughs> he's know? a celebrity so, he's yeah, fine yeah, nope yeah, he'll figure it out <laughs> I, I think he's okay so uh obviously uh we all know we're dealing with entertainment but we're dealing with entertainment from guys that can physically destroy one another if need be when you're going on television and you're calling brock lesnar a bitch two weeks in a row on national television and saying Brock Lesnar is a bitch and that's why he's not here. Is there any part of you that goes like, I hope that Brock is aware of what we're doing here and he doesn't take this out on me later? Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's all a part of uh, storytelling. It's it's almost like that, uh, you know, that scene in Braveheart when they're all lined up for battle and they got the, the blue paint on and you know they all look cool but then eventually they send out the nobles to talk and then william wallace is like you know prancing around on his horse and eventually he's about to take off and he said i'm going to pick a fight you know mm -hmm. what i mean so eventually that's what this is all about you know that that's that's the cool part of what we do is you know we can build you know this story through verbal confrontation but at the end of the day it has to come down to some sort of physicality it's got to come down to that physical performance um, but I've been in there with them, man. No, nobody, yeah, no, no I... nobody's taken more German. I think I have set the record for Germans at this point. I think Cena's a close second, but like I've been in a few different matches uh, with Brock in a, in a multi-man capacity, and then I've had the singles match, you know, at WrestleMania 31 in Santa Clara. Um, but that's that's kind of what's 
cool about this. This is a lot, a lot of times what we do, it's very cerebral. This is very simple. Very simple. Get ready to hurt and get ready to bring it right back. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we talked about, I've talked to you before about your match from WrestleMania 31 about how I was there. And you could see, like, this is a, a, a sports entertainment pro wrestling match. But Roman gets in the ring with Brock Lesnar and they start swinging at each other. And within 60 seconds of the match, there's already welts popping up on Roman's face. Like, they're really, Brock is not, Brock isn't pulling you know, he's not pulling punches. Well, it's got to be harder because he's, he's also coming uh, from, he goes back and forth in UFC. So there's times where he's like really try, he's really trying to knock somebody's teeth out. And then there's times where he has to just do it in a different way. So it's, I, he probably hits harder than the other guys do. And there was also, I mean, you know, at a, I can't remember what show it was, but recently he was fighting this big guy named Braun Strowman in a WWE match. But he gets, I guess he got pissed at some point in the match. And the clip's online, you can find it. He knees Braun Strowman in the head so hard. I mean, it's a UFC level hard knee to the head. And I'm like, oh my God, you forget, like, call pro wrestling what you will, but you still are getting in the ring in a physical confrontation with Brock Lesnar. As our truth always says, we're not delivering the mail. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't my dad's only, this ain't ballet. When, when you come near this ring, it's about money and it's it's about this physicality and you have to be able to hold up and uh you know it, it, it's cool because that's what i like about wwe is we have so many different forms of tough guys you know everybody can legitimately look at brock lesnar and be like that's a tough guy right. not only the way he looks but if you go back and you see what he's done throughout his life the achievements you know the the opportunities and and you know the different things that he's been able to do um, but then we also have guys who run around in little sex pants, you know what I mean? And, and it's funny because like, <laughs> this is a story, but uh, I, I don't know what I was, I was, you know, my character is a, a more of a badass character, right. a, a bit of a stoic, you know, more of a walker than a talker. And I'm sitting there, you know, and Fandango's got his, you know, dancer pants on and he's putting his oil and I, I just look at him and Fandango actually came, Jim knows Fandango because he came in here when that whole thing was starting and he had Jim lotion him up. I did lotion him there, up. Say, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, that's excellent because he <laughs> I was literally, on. Yeah, he's literally, he was in the training room and I don't know why he does this, but he was rubbing Vicks Vapor Rub all over himself <laughs> and typically you put it on your chest or your neck to open up your, you know, breathing passages. Sure. But he was putting on his shoulders, his, <laughs> his stomach everywhere, and uh, I just look at him and I just pop. I laughed. I started laughing. He, he just goes, "Hey, Oose, it takes a tough guy to do this." <laughs> and I was like, "It all made sense." I was like, "You know what? He's right." Yeah. You know, like it, in in different capacities, it takes a lot of tough guys and a lot of tough personalities to be able to to handle this lifestyle and this crazy circus that we live in. Have you uh, have you have you had concussions? Um, I. I have been very lucky um, to protect myself and, and learn, you know, through our developmental and, and that that is a huge key, um, I think, to, to that success for me is, you know, being able to learn the basics and, and how to protect yourself while taking these falls and doing yeah. the things that we do to make it exciting. Um, I have experienced them through football and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you played football but... for a while. Why, why did you stop playing? I'm sure uh, I've asked you that before. My memory stinks. The, uh, essentially, <laughs> you know, there, there's a there's a bit of a story behind. It. I'm not going to get too too much into it, but uh, at the end of the day, football was done with me. You know what I mean? That that's that's the crazy thing about the sport is uh, it, it can be done with you and and still keep going. So that that was like a huge uh, a huge eye opener for me. Uh, like it felt like it quit me almost. Like I wasn't done, but then it was done with me. How and, old were you? 
I was uh, 22. Oh, you were really young? Yeah, okay. yeah. I was coming out of college. Um, yeah, I played at Georgia Tech. Uh, I was going through the whole process and everything. I, I signed a free agent deal with uh, the Vikings, and just due to some medical things uh, that set me back, I wasn't able to you know, compete for a job there, and they ended up cutting me. And I bounced around a little bit, and then I went up to uh, Edmonton for the CFL and played for the Eskimos for a year. And it just wasn't the same. The passion wasn't there. Um, I knew I still wanted to be like a man of influence, like somebody that you could say, oh, yeah, he's a role model or, you know, a, a superstar or, of some sort. Somebody, you know what I mean, that uh, that is a bit of a household name. I felt like I had that in me. But at that time, I just felt like I wasn't down the right road. And there was a life change that needed to happen. And. And I did that. Is it hard like to get as psyched up when you're in the CFL? Because there are guys that go up there and make good careers, and then some of them get back, get into the NFL. But is it harder to, to kind of feel psyched about playing football when it's again, it's it's a league, but it's not the NFL? You know, it it's funny you say that because like uh, that was one of the sayings, and I mean, no disrespect to the CFL, I, I'm very grateful they they I, they helped me feed my daughter for a year, and uh, you know it, it gave me an opportunity to to play another year and and experience that and experience a you know a different part of the world. But they uh, they used to have this saying: it's not the league, it's a league. Um, so, which kind of sounds disrespectful, you know, in, in a weird way. But the NFL is the NFL. It's a huge, you know, it's a huge entertainment machine. You know what I mean? People look at it you know, a lot of different ways, but when it comes down to it, you can't deny the popularity. You can't deny, you know, the attention that it draws, but it was a lot different. It's a lot different game up there. I was away from my family in a, you know, a foreign city to me. Um, so it just, things weren't panning out. I wasn't playing as much as I thought I should. And I thought I was better than the guys that were in front of me. Um, and you know, like anything else, you either have to, uh, do what you got to do or get off the pot. Don't you look back at it, though, like, kind of grateful, though? Like, things certainly worked out for you. And, and again, you probably avoided a lot of head trauma that those guys take. And and you wound up going on to do this. So you got to be kind of worked out. I mean, this major household name for sure. Yeah, you know, it, I think everybody has a, uh, you know, a path. And I, I respect everybody's path. That's why I don't ever, you know, judge people on what they've done. It's not about, you know, what you've done you know, before all the time, it's what you're doing. And, and, you know, like the old, what have you done for me lately? You're only as good as your last performance, that type of situation. So I think it all worked out for me and I'm very grateful, but you know, it's one of those situations, you know, I, you just have to protect yourself, you know, regardless of what kind of activity you're doing, what kind of, you know, if you're doing an extreme sport, you know, all the way to playing in an organized league of basketball, you have to protect yourself. Uh, you have to obviously know your techniques and, and, and that's how you protect, I think, your health and, and things like you're saying in concussions. It's hopefully something that we're, you know, eradicating every single day and every year we're getting closer. But I think the key is to start in the youth leagues. The key is to start young, just like anything else. You know, we, we start school young so we can start learning and, and, and experiencing and conditioning these ways. So hopefully these habits will, uh, you know, become stronger for our young athletes. You know, I hate to interrupt Roman Reigns, and we'll get right back to it, but I got to tell you guys about SeatGeek. So much going on. Now that Daniel Bryan is back in the WWE, you guys are going to want to see him live. You know, it's one of those things where we're when we're given something and it's taken away, 
when it comes back, a lot of times we realize how valuable it really is. And how many experiences are you going to get to see Daniel Bryan live? I'm going to tell you guys a little bit later about my experience at Madison Square Garden over the weekend and seeing uh, Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman and Kane in a triple threat, seeing guys like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Finn Balor in The Miz, seeing that all happen live, it's amazing to see. And the only place that I can recommend you going to get tickets to live shows like that is SeatGeek. It's really, really easy. So a lot of these shows sell out and it becomes impossible to get tickets, or so you think. Download the SeatGeek app and all of your concerns are alleviated. So what SeatGeek does, and this is why it's the best, is it, it brings in all these different prices for tickets and it finds the best value for you. So if you want to sit front row, you're going to be able to sit front row. If you want to sit up in the bleachers, you're going to be able to sit in the bleachers. You can find the best ticket. You can find the best value ticket because every ticket is graded. So if you're just looking for the best deal because that's what fulfills you, no problem. SeatGeek has your back. If you're looking for the best seat because that's what fulfills you, no problem. SeatGeek has your back. All you have to do, I mean, and it's not just wrestling. It's wrestling, it's concerts, it's comedy, it's sports, it's Broadway, it's whatever you want. Jay-Z and Beyonce tickets went on sale for the On The Run 2 tour. I was looking around like, ah, I don't know which show I'm going to go to. I don't know where I want to see. You know what? Thank God for SeatGeek. All you need to do is download the SeatGeek app onto your phone right out of the app store. It's free. And wait till you hear this. You talk about good value. Even if you want the most expensive tickets you can get. I'm still going to save you money because listeners to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast are going to get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. I've heard from tons of you that have done this and are so happy about it. Keep telling me if you do it. $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM today. S-A-M. That's promo code SAM after you download the SeatGeek app and you're going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Enjoy. Don't hear about it later. Experience it live, and you can continue to experience my interview with Roman Reigns right now. There was a guy who was doing, and I'm sure you know, he was doing those uh, jailhouse interviews trying to connect you to his steroid scandal. It turned out to be totally false, and it's been proven to be completely false. And you know, a guy doing jailhouse interviews isn't exactly the most reputable source anyway. But when that starts to come out, obviously, you know, you didn't do anything right. Are you able to tune stuff like that out and be like, well, I'm going to be fine because I didn't do this. Or do you start being like, fuck, like, I don't need somebody messing with me right now. Like, I just don't I don't need to be thinking about this. I think it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Because, you know, at the same uh, at one point, it's like. Who is this? Like, right. wh- where is this coming from? Like, you've never even I, heard of what this did guy. I do? Yeah, right. it's like. Like, what the heck is going on? Like, I'm just sitting at home with playing with my kids, you know, feed, <laughs> feeding babies, changing diapers, and doing dad stuff, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden this happens. But I think it's just a good lesson of, you know, where we're at. And if you have any kind of, you know, media or social media presence or essentially, you know, my Twitter is a billboard, you know what I mean? And and unfortunately some people want to use it whether it's in a positive fashion or, or a negative and are people ever negative on twitter no <laughs> not with me you know what i mean i have a pretty good history with just being liked in general but yeah, yeah. but especially no, the wrestling audience but right. I, you know at the same time it's one of those deals where i know what i've you know i know me i know what i've done i i know what the truth is so 
you got to have kind of a, a bulletproof mentality where it's like these little things are just ricocheting off of me. What's the pressure in the, like when you're building up to this WrestleMania match with Brock Lesnar? Is the pressure what's going to happen in the ring or is the pressure like, look, I got to tell this story and convince a bunch of fans who think that they might not want to see this match why they want to see this match? Like which which part is the thing that you're like, okay, this is what's going to be work here? Uh, you know, the match is the match. Uh, and, you know, it's one thing to speak about it when you're four weeks, five weeks out, but it's just going to be physical. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not, you know, if it didn't broke, don't break it. If you saw what we did, uh, you know, three years ago, you'll have a general idea of the way, the way we go at it. Um, I, I don't, you know, see... Like, we're not just going to give you orange. We, we, if those were apples we gave you, we're not going to just change the fruit. Like, we're going to stay around the apples and, and do what works for us because we're both physical. That, that's what we do. We're both brawlers. We're both physical. Um, we're not scared to bang. So uh, if there's anything, I think the physicality, hopefully, along with a great story, which is important, you know what I mean, to, to grasp that attention, to get people, you know, uh, to completely, you know, immerse themselves in it and get lost in it. But I think uh, what you'll be able to take from it is is that true, whoa. Right. Was that, wait, did he just really, did he just give him the two-piece? Did he give him the Strowman two-piece or mm -hmm. what? He didn't even knock him out. Like, you know what I mean? That's where I like to, uh, you know, stretch the imagination, make people guess. Like, what, man, what are we watching here? Is this MMA? Is this, you know, right. professional wrestling? Is I think these guys are really fighting. Yeah, yeah, they really hate you know, each other? Yeah. If you can kind of blur that line, then I think we're doing our job. How's, uh, how's Ronda doing? Uh, you know, I've been busy with the other one, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, but from from what I, I've seen and, and the short hellos and, you know, the small talk, she, she's done good, you know, she... She's in a in a crazy situation where she's gonna have to learn very fast and and kind of you know like myself and and a few others she's gonna learn kind of you know trial by error kind of you know be thrown in the fire so she she may have moments where she does really good stuff and there may be moments where she struggles and you might see that but as long as she's you know having fun and she's progressing I think it's uh it's it's a positive for everybody having her around. What's the hardest thing to adjust to coming into that world? Because it's diff it's different than MMA. Is it the, the stuff on the mic? Um, is it the holding? Is it the the inside the ring stuff? What's the hardest thing for someone from that world to adjust to when they come over? As far as from MMA, the hardest thing to learn. Do you think when you when you're coming out of that background into what you're doing? I think there's a lot of different things as far as you know entertainment. Like if you go into the nuances of being a character and and stuff like that. But the main thing is uh, the travel. Is you know as far as and I, I don't know their schedule and and the way they run you know their uh, regiment. But it seems like in the MMA, a lot of them are in the same. They train in the same places. They have their camps. You know what I mean. So. We don't have a camp, you know. We we our camp is a new town, you know what I mean. My camp tonight is in in the garden, you know. I'm, and then the next night it's in Tulsa, you know what I'm saying. So you're just constantly moving, uh, you know. What I mean, if she has a family, a husband, kids, she's not going to see them as much. Uh, there there's a there's a bunch of sacrifices that have to be made, and and that's the real work behind what we do. So you probably stay traveling. You stay in all these little little shit hotels for a long time until you're well established. I'm obsessed with bed bugs. Did you ever get bed bugs when you're on the road? Terrifies well, me. Yeah, I don't stay in the crappy hotels myself. But yeah, <laughs> I, I learned from early uh, from early uh, standpoint that 
if you're gonna like so it, it's funny because uh like uh my wife and uh one of my the usos wives were like you know what i mean you'll, you'll spend 500 dollars on a bar tab or something or a meal but you don't want to pay over a hundred dollars for a hotel like what why don't that doesn't make any sense so for me i i take it as take care of yourself you know get yourself a good place get you some you know a place you can trust a good comfortable bed you know uh somewhere that's safe because like you said uh it essentially becomes your home you know what i mean for a night and there, there's as a as a world traveler and a performer someone who's always on the road there's a weird attachment that you can have with a hotel it, it becomes like your your apartment essentially so uh you definitely want to take yourself uh take care of yourself in that regard for sure that's very different from mick foley's philosophy of sleeping on fans couches oh, while mick he was foley the champion would, mick foley would literally <laughs> sleep on a railroad spike and save them 30 dollars yeah no, I, nobody saved money like him i think owen used to do the same like yeah he, he would just have a you know like a rolodex of fans that he knew over the years and he would just stay with them but yeah i heard uh mick foley would like uh before he like he'd be the main event you know what i mean working whoever rock or whoever he was working with at the time he would finish up, he'd literally get a huge thing of popcorn, and he would just drive to the next town, and he, he'd just eat the popcorn, and that would be dinner for him sometimes. It wouldn't be any yeah. stopping on the road Well, for yeah, you. typically, yeah, especially when you're in the main. Like, you're not getting out of the building until about 10, 30, 11. By the time you do your three-hour drive, everything is closed. That's so. weird. How do you keep that body? <laughs> a lot of hard work. I yeah. mean, you know, to be able to drive and then do the reach, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's, that's some sort of calisthenic right there. I think so. What's it like to, at this point, to be doing for Vince to be doing TV with him like you know he doesn't really do perform on television anymore but he was on raw this week and it made it you know a huge deal that first segment was a, a big deal uh what's it like to perform with him now it's neat you know what I mean because we've gone on a on a transition over the years you know throughout you know our relationship you know on screen and off so it's uh it's always cool to to see him around to see him where he's not just behind the scenes, you know, where I, where I don't have to, you know, kick down the fourth wall and go find him, you know what I mean? So anytime he's involved, I think it's cool, and you can see that chain reaction, that leadership, you know what I mean, when he's out, you know, by the ring or if he's involved in, you know, helping a certain segment or if you can tell he's super attached to something and you can see that passion and that drive of creativity that he still has, you know, to be able to do it as long as he has and to see as much as he has, um, to still have that level of passion. It's incredible. So you were talking about, you just said, you know, the transition and the ups and downs or whatever of the relationship. Do you think it's unfair that some people, you went on Raw this week and the and the promo was about how Brock Lesnar is Vince McMahon's boy and that's why he doesn't have to do the things that everybody else has to do. And, and there were people online that took umbrage with it because they were like, well, we all know that Roman Reigns is Vince's boy and he shouldn't be saying that, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that that's a, a fair... Uh, summation of your relationship with Vince? All right. So, whether you're somebody who's been in a situation like me or you're somebody who is new or has been around for a long time and hasn't quite gotten the push that everyone thinks they deserve, the bottom line is we're all Vince's boys. Uh, when it comes down to it, what we do for him and this company he has a huge respect for that. You couldn't be him and be involved in this business and run it the way he has if you didn't have the ultimate respect for your performers, for your talent. Um, what we like to call, we're, we're called the natural resource of our business. You know what I mean? You can't, you know, you 
no offense to any crew guys, but you can find lighting and, you know, sound guys, you know, a lot of different places, but to find crazy people that will do what we do, it's, it's not likely. So, um, that's one of those situations where I think everybody, you know, is Vince's boy. Everybody should have that relationship. Um, are we all equal in that regard? No, but to his point, has Brock done a lot of stuff? Absolutely. But when you're in that situation, I just call, I, I think it's just a matter of, of pride. It's a matter of, you know, how you view yourself. What, what do you see in the mirror? How are you trying to leave, uh, you know, a place that, that you conduct your business that hopefully you want to see grow and be better when you leave? Um, and that's the mindset I have. So when I don't see that in, you know, a fellow talent or a peer, it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania is what, April uh, 8th? 8th, yeah. 8th. WrestleMania April 8th on the WWE Network. Then you go over to overseas. And then, yeah, and then yeah. a year from now, they just announced uh, in the post this morning, WrestleMania is going to be back here in New York at MetLife. So a lot going on, man. Major moves, man. <laughs> a yeah, lot going on. It's going to be a busy uh, two months here coming up. Obviously, Mania is, uh, you know, as big as explained. But we have a crazy, like, touring schedule coming up. We're going to do South Africa. We're going to go to Saudi Arabia for what uh, what is now known as the greatest uh, Royal Rumble of all time. So that's going to be huge for us. Which How big we'll, is the venue it's going to be in? Uh, I am not sure, actually. It's still 60, so... 000? Yeah, I... I I heard a number seven, sixty to seventy thousand people. So, it, it's going to be a, an awesome situation. Uh, and we're always into never. You know, this is one thing that uh, you know we like to hear. It's never been done before. So we're always looking to try to do something you know new. Um, so that's going to be a great time. And when we're done with that, so and you know, literally, we'll do like South Africa, fly back for television here in the states, right back out to the Middle East do all that fly back for another television and then back out for a two-week european tour so it's going to be pretty crazy i'm going to be jumping a lot of time zones so uh i guess this is the time to enjoy the eastern time zone for now this is it well you're the man roman reigns you're uh you're killing it and i appreciate you uh making some time in your busy schedule for us should we take a quick break we should many thanks to roman reigns but before we move on i want to remind you guys not to forget to check out notsam.com it's the one stop for everything you need, last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts. We go there and we put up information about the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts show on SiriusXM. We put up the most recent episode of Sam Roberts Now, the live YouTube show that I do. All of the most recent wrestling podcasts are right there on NotSam.com for you to listen to. There's photos, there's videos, there's everything you need, and there's the Not Sam store. That's my favorite part. It's the merchandise. I have it made. I ship it. It's all done locally, quality controlled, and it's the exclusive spot for everything that you find in that store. We just put out the Not Sam hoodies that I love. They're soft. They're comfortable. And wait till you see these things in person. The colors are so vibrant, those reds and the whites. You can also get the Not Sam lapel pins, which is the primetime cartoon or the I'm Not Sam logo. It's all available now at NotSam.com. All the content is there for you for free. If you want to buy some stuff, that's there for you too. NotSam.com is the place to be as we get back in to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Here is Sam Roberts. So what did we? What were the takeaways from that Roman Reigns interview, huh? A lot. First of all, 
Uh, it is news to me, and I think it is news to uh, a lot of you guys, if not all of you guys, that the greatest Royal Rumble is going to be a WWE Network special, which I'm super excited about, especially now because obviously Daniel Bryan is going to be in the thing. That's super fun. But uh, I, I, I think it's super exciting because they've announced you're going to have the 50-man, for the first time ever, a 50-man Royal Rumble match. And they said on Instagram this week, seven title matches, which is all of them, right? The WWE, Universal, SmackDown Tag Team, Raw Tag Team, the two women's championships, and either the U.S. or the Intercontinental. One title is not going to be on the line. All the rest of them will. I don't know which one's not going to be on the line. But every title except for one, I guess, will be on the line. And you've got the 50-man Greatest Royal Rumble, unless maybe that Greatest Royal Rumble is going to have a title on the line. Who knows? I think they're going to spend a lot more time after WrestleMania promoting that thing, especially if it's going to be a network special. But I love if if they've brought down the number of pay-per-views, why not make these big shows network specials? A lot of us were complaining that the Starcade show in Greensboro in December was not a network special. Now we're getting what we want. So I think that's fun. A lot of people who heard the interview live, so the interview that we did came out the same day that the guy, the Johnny Bravo guy who's making all these uh, uh, videos that are his interviews with this guy who's accusing people of using steroids, the jailhouse interviews that we talked about, the video that was supposed to have all this evidence specifically about Roman Reigns came out the same day we recorded that interview, just later on in the day. And, I mean, there was nothing to it, nothing. There was no evidence really about anybody in particular except guys that know guys. Well, there's all this evidence of this trainer, and this trainer knows John Cena and Roman Reigns and blah, 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 and it was it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. But the reason why I said in the interview, even before that video came out, is I think that everybody knows that it's false is because I think everybody does know it's false. I think, you know... People who don't like Roman Reigns probably want it to be true. But I think realistically, nobody is sitting there going like, oh, yeah, that sounds reliable to me. I think that sounds like the truth. Like, it sounds ridiculous. And quite honestly, I would hope and think and expect that Roman Reigns is not dumb enough to be using steroids as seriously as the WWE takes it. Um, you know, he's been suspended once for a wellness policy violation. I would I would think that in the spot that he's in, he wouldn't do anything to uh, mess up his chances at succeeding. So that's why I said what I said about that. Interesting to hear his take on the Brock Lesnar stuff. I thought it was a great interview. I always like talking to Roman Reigns because you definitely get a different side of Roman when you talk to him. Some people like it, some people don't, but it's the guy. It's that that's that's who you get is the real person. So appreciate Roman Reigns doing the show. Uh, we should get into the state of wrestling. Although we don't really have anything to talk about, do we? Not much happening really this week. Thank God I moved this show to Thursday so we have time to talk about everything that happens on Raw and SmackDown and over the weekend and stuff because there is a lot to digest, ladies and gentlemen, as we get in to the State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Here we are, guys. My favorite time of the week. Welcome to the state of wrestling where I break down what I believe are the top five stories in this here world of professional wrestling. And uh, we dissect and we unpack and we analyze and we figure out where things are going. And this week was a loaded week. You know, sometimes I uh, I try to figure out where I'm going to go, what I'm going to talk about, like what really is the top five stories. But this week, you know, I take notes throughout the week 
uh, on what I think I might want to talk about on the state of wrestling, it took me probably 45 seconds to come up with my top five stories this week. Hopefully, I'm not missing anything. But to me, and it's an all-WWE week, and I don't know how you could possibly argue that this week. But regardless, here we go. We start with number five, and that's probably a little bit more personal to me, but hell, it's my podcast. My experience with the WWE at Madison Square Garden. So I know a lot of you saw the video I posted on my Instagram account, which is at NotSam, with me and The Miz yelling at each other. I went to the Madison Square Garden house show on Friday night of last week, at the time of this recording, and uh, it was uh, it was actually a really great show. It was it was longer than most shows are, not in a bad way, but it had a lot of a lot of special attraction matches, like enough that I didn't really know what was going to be the main event and what was going to go on before intermission and all that stuff. So just going over the special attraction matches, it had your main event, which they put the right matches the main event because it centered around the current active roster guys. The main event was Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns as a team versus The Miz and The Miz Taraj. Now, I love that that was the main event for a couple of reasons, specifically for Finn Balor. Because if you remember, it really wasn't that long ago that we were watching Finn Balor lose to guys like Kane on Raw, and we felt like the bloom uh, was off the rose, if that is the correct expression. It might not be. But we felt like maybe Finn Balor was not being looked at as positively as he once was uh, within the WWE. Uh, That is obviously not happening anymore. You got Finn Balor, who, by the way, this week, did you see the shirts he put out? I can't believe he got away with that. I know technically the BC is the Balor Club, but he's got shirts that say OGBC for him, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson, and they're on WWE Shop. I mean, that's amazing. There's no WWE logo on it anywhere. Good for Finn Balor. But looking at watching Finn Balor in that spot, as in these are our top three straight-up good guys, these guys are on the same level, is like a pretty cool thing and a very nice spot to be for Finn Balor. And I feel like it's working. I feel like Finn Balor is, uh, is I don't want to say cashing in on it, but he's living up to expectations at this point. And I think that the triple threat at WrestleMania is, I think that they're going to attempt to steal the show. And I think that that's going to be a big deal because all three of those guys are just excellent. But I was happy to see that. Uh, and I did get into it with The Miz at ringside. As I said, the video is on my Instagram account, at NotSam. But, you know, I, I will, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to voice my opinion of The Miz. This was the first show, actually. The first WWE show, I think since I started doing kickoff shows, that I watched the whole thing in the crowd. Meaning, you know, I... I Went to the arena, went to Will Call, picked up my tickets, went went inside, sat down, da-da-da, the whole thing. And I was great just getting to watch as a fan because, honestly, that's all I am. So I love getting to watch that way. And luckily, I was close enough to the ring that when The Miz came out and started kind of posing for the crowd, he saw my thumb pointed down in his face, booing. Because you know what we do here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast? We boo the bad guys. When we go to shows, we boo the bad guys. And The Miz is a bad guy. So one of the guys sitting in front of me, he goes, hey man, who are you rooting for? And I said, the good guys. Of course I'm rooting for the good guys. That's what I do. That's what this show's all about. We boo the bad guys and we cheer the good guys. 
And that's what I was doing. And so I was booing The Miz throughout the match. He saw me. And at one point, he lets The Miz Tourage, Bo Dallas uh, and Curtis Axel, he lets them get beat up in the ring and stuff and take care of whatever they're taking care of as he not only left the apron, but left the entire ring and was over in the corner near the guardrails. That's the point when I started yelling at him and calling him a coward and telling him to get in there. Now, he had the nerve to tell me that I was not a good broadcaster and that nobody listens to my radio show, to which I said, at least I'm on the radio when I'm on a show. You're not even in the ring. Go do your job. Go get in that ring. And we went back and forth a little bit, and I'm glad we did. I'm glad my I, I got to voice my concerns with The Miz's behavior. So The Miz, and, and you can see that video for yourself. The Miz was, uh, that that was the proper main event. Right before that was a, a, a very cool main event. I think it was advertised differently than it came across, which I think they made the right call. So the advertised match, I believe, was John Cena and Nikki Bella versus Elias and Bailey. Very interesting to see Nikki Bella wrestling on this show. I would I would take that to mean that she may be back for the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. I wouldn't be surprised to see and by the way, I guess that we're not it's not on my list because it happened earlier this week, but it is a big deal that WWE decided to uh change the name of the Battle Royal just to the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. I think that that's the right call. Uh, I think that they thought that certain things about the Fabulous Moolah did not mean as much to the fans as as they do, and they should. Uh, and so WWE decided to be like, yeah, we made the wrong decision, so let's fix our decision. So I'm glad that they changed the name of the Mae Young Battle Royal. But I wouldn't be surprised, I mean the Fabulous Moolah, but I wouldn't be surprised if Nikki Bella is back for the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal at all because she's in great ring shape. She didn't she didn't feel like there was rust on her. Like, I, I guess I wasn't really looking for it necessarily, but it felt like I was watching a Nikki Bella match. So the match ended up being Nikki Bella and John Cena versus Elias and uh, Sonya Deville, which I think is the right choice because as much as Elias is getting cheered, in a match opposite John Cena... You want Elias to be the bad guy. I mean, you know, when when you're looking out at the audience of this show, you've got a lot of kids, a lot of families, and those are the people that are still going to cheer John Cena. Of course, I'm going to cheer John Cena because I cheer for the good guys. But John Cena gets way more cheers now, even in New York, than he did, you know, five years ago. But little kids still watch this stuff and can identify good guys and bad guys. So I think... Adding Bailey to the team with Elias, even though they were on Mixed Match Challenge together and had chemistry, it confuses the audience because Bailey, if she's going to turn heel, she hasn't turned heel yet. So it would, and Elias is so good that even when he insults the local crowd and he insulted New York, there's still something about him where in your heart you want to cheer for him. So if you team him with Bailey, it becomes even more difficult to not cheer for him. So putting him in there with Sonya Deville, who's a bad guy, I think was the right call. You also had, so those were the two big matches after intermission. Before intermission, and this is amazing, you had a, this is all on one live show. You had a triple threat match between Kane, Brock Lesnar, and Braun Strowman. And I guess uh, a lot of the... 
Brock Lesnar matches that have been happening at house shows have been like 30 seconds, 40 seconds, whatever. Mainly because this was a triple threat match, it went a few minutes. You know, it wasn't a long match by any stretch of the imagination, but it certainly wasn't, you know, 30 seconds. Brock got, uh, there was offense and defense by Brock Lesnar. He took punishment. He dealt out punishment from both Braun, Braun Strowman and Kane. There was action going on between Kane and Braun Strowman. Like, it was a match that lasted several minutes. But what was, and of course Brock Lesnar won, but was, and he pinned Kane. Which is not, a, I don't think, a surprise to anybody. That's Kane's kind of role in that match. But what was interesting to me, what I think is the most interesting thing about this, was that Braun Strowman, before intermission, got the opportunity to look strong. Braun Strowman, even though he didn't win the match, after the match he beat, I can't remember which of the which bad guy he beat up, but one of the bad guys came out, he beat up one of the bad guys. Like, he still had his moment to look strong in the ring and to leave with his music playing and to hold up his arms for the audience and let everybody cheer him. I mean, they are treating Braun Strowman like he's the next big good guy. I think there is no way that Braun Strowman will not be WWE champion as a good guy by WrestleMania 35. You know, you give it a year because obviously they're going to give Roman some time and, and keep Roman in that spot. But I, I, I truly believe Braun Strowman will be WWE champion within a year from today. Braun Strowman's going to be the guy. Probably a lot less than a year. But I think that the... the I, look, my, my concept was give it several months and sometime in the summer, let The Miz beat Braun Strowman I mean, let The Miz beat Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship. And then maybe around Royal Rumble time, let Braun Strowman beat The Miz for the Universal Championship. And I think Braun Strowman will walk in. I don't even think he'll win the Royal Rumble. I think he will walk in to WrestleMania 35. He should walk into WrestleMania 35 as the WWE Champion and as a babyface champion because... Not many people more popular than him. And it's clear to me that the company sees this because that's the spot they put him in on that Madison Square Garden live show. And I'm assuming that's the spot they put him in on all the live shows is look at this big star, cheer this man. He's head and shoulders, no pun intended, above almost everybody else on the roster. I think when they're selling tickets to that show and shows in the future... They're going like, hey, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman. That's the marquee. They're looking at Braun Strowman as the next the next big thing. What Brock Lesnar once was. And I think that that's great for fans because it seems like Braun Strowman isn't going anywhere. The way Brock Lesnar, that's, the, that's what makes Brock Lesnar a little bit less likable is that in his initial run, he was pushed to the moon and pushed over everybody. WrestleMania 19, he gets his moment as a good guy to win the championship and, and to be that guy. And a year later, he's out of the company of his own volition. He just decides he just up and quits. So I don't think we're going to have that experience with Braun Strowman. Um, and I, I, I think that he's just all upside. And I can't wait to see him achieve what I believe, I have no doubt that he will. I can't wait. And look, we'll talk about it 
But the things that I, I don't want to say predict, because I'm not saying I predict. I'm saying I, but the things that I think will happen and the things that I think should happen many times end up happening. I mean, and there are more examples of that than ever. So I would say be patient with Braun Strowman. I think whatever he does at WrestleMania, he should win the tag team championship. Allow him and his partner, if it's Elias, great. If it's somebody else, great. But allow them to have a run as, you know, Lord Destructo tag team champions. Then when they break up, allow Braun Strowman and his partner to have a feud. I know that uh, in May, they're advertising a house show for Long Island that has Braun Strowman and Elias facing each other. So, you know, if you do Braun Strowman and Elias as a tag team, they win the titles, then eventually they lose them, Elias turns on Braun, and you've got Elias versus Braun for a while, great. And then after all that, after all the dust clears, that's when you start talking about Braun Strowman as a contender for the Universal Championship. Crystal clear to me, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's what we end up seeing. Let's move on to number four, and more stuff that wasn't on TV, the same way the Madison Square Garden show wasn't on TV. Number four, in this week's uh, countdown here on the State of Wrestling, was not on TV. And number four goes to Ronda Rousey. So I'm watching Raw, and again, we see this package of Ronda Rousey. A little bit more new footage this time, where we see her working out, we see her doing this and that, but still, she's not on TV. It's just a pre-recorded package, and it's disappointing. Because you're like, you know, Ronda Rousey's this big star. I don't know if... They're trying to protect their investment and say, like, well, we want we want when Ronda Rousey shows up at WrestleMania, like we want it to be special. We don't want her to have been on TV every week. I don't know if they feel like she needs to uh, she needs to work some stuff out before she does any major TV time. I don't know if they felt like the Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey. Triple H, Stephanie McMahon segment from two weeks ago was enough. I don't exactly know what the thinking is. At the Until you can explain it to me, so I do, I don't agree with it because I leave Raw wanting to see Ronda Rousey and feeling like there is star power that is not being utilized on that show, which is not a good feeling. When you've got a three-hour show, you want to you wanna feel like every ounce of star power you have is being utilized. So Ronda Rousey, it was even more surprising. So it was surprising to me that she wasn't on the show. It was even more surprising to me when this video comes out that she was in the building. This video comes out, and it's her and Dana Brooke, and she's uh, 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 doing one of her moves to Dana Brooke. Like, she came out either at the end of Raw or while they were playing the Ultimate Deletion uh, thing, which clearly... They've learned their lesson because I heard that there were a couple of matches that happened while Ultimate Deletion was being shown to the home audience. They weren't trying to have another moment like they did uh, at Raw 25 in the Manhattan Center. So Ronda comes out and she does her thing with with, uh, Dana Brooke. And you can see it on WWE's YouTube channel. They put the video out right away. So it's like it's not like they want it to be done in secret. They still want all the press out of it that they can get out of it, which they should. That's the whole reason for getting Ronda Rousey involved, you know, is that she's going to bring new eyes. So they still want 
media to pick up on it. And media still did pick up on it. But I just feel like if there was some sort of angle, and you can do angles with Ronda Rousey that don't involve physicality leading to WrestleMania. You can do angles with but you should do stuff that looks real. Like I want to see Ronda Rousey look like she's not part of the WWE show on television. I want it to look like the WWE doesn't exactly know quite how to deal with Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey should be treated not differently, not all that differently, I should say, somewhat differently, but not all that differently from the way WWE treated Mike Tyson when they were building to Mike Tyson's presence at WrestleMania 14. Now, he wasn't on the show every week, but he also wasn't competing, and he wasn't being billed as as a superstar. I will say that another thing about the Madison Square Garden show, if we can go back to number five for a moment, another thing about that Madison Square Garden show is when they advertised tickets to the next time WWE would be at Madison Square Garden, which I believe was August, they advertised that Ronda Rousey would be there, and it's not a TV, it's a live event. So, again, this could be one of those things where Ronda Rousey is working a few live events. I don't. I wouldn't imagine she'd work all the live events, but who knows? Who knows where we're going to be after WrestleMania, but the point is that we need to establish where we are leading to WrestleMania. And I think that Ronda Rousey being on TV, I think that Ronda Rousey looking tough next to WWE superstars, I think that the women's division reacting to Ronda Rousey, uh, maybe some kind of explanation. Or if Ronda Rousey's not going to be on TV, let's see something between Triple H and Kurt. Like, let's really develop that story a little more. Maybe you bring up the the love triangle that existed in the past. If you're going to talk about Ronda Rousey and Stephanie McMahon from two years ago, why not talk about Triple H and Kurt Angle and Stephanie McMahon and the love triangle that existed 12 years ago, or actually more than that at this point, 15 years ago. Why not bring that up? You know, that's a thing. That's a thing that wrestling fans remember. That's, that's the most watched era of WWE. So... People are going to remember that. We have all the footage. We can go to the WWE Network if we want to see it, which is a great commercial for the WWE Network. But why not bring that up? Why not clarify why Kurt Angle started this whole mess in the first place? If Kurt Angle is scared of losing his job, why would he, almost in a confusing way, why would he say what he said about Triple H and Stephanie and what they said about Ronda Rousey. Like, why? Why is all this happening? There's still a lot of questions, and we've got two Raws left until WrestleMania. I personally think that Ronda Rousey should be on television every week because every time Ronda Rousey does something on Raw, people are going to talk about it. And it's different from the Dana Brooke thing. Like, the Dana Brooke thing, it's it's almost like a demonstration of what Ronda can do. And it's not storyline and it's not on WWE TV. I think if you do it on WWE TV and it's storyline and it's over the top, people are going to talk about it a lot more. And that's the whole point of doing this and that's how you get people excited about this match. Because, I mean, let's, let's think about it. John Cena had another great promo on Raw this week. If we start ranking the matches, I think the story that's being told between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is super interesting. I'm I'm interested in that match where I didn't know if I would be or not. I'm finding myself very interested in the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match because of what Roman's doing and because of what Brock did this week with Roman Reigns in the stretcher. So I'm interested in that match. If this John Cena-Undertaker match is happening, which I personally believe that it is, you know, I'm pretty sure that it will, I'm super interested in that match. 
You've got uh 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 what other main uh, you got AJ Styles versus Nakamura. You know, that's a match that we've been waiting for forever. Now you've got Daniel Bryan what a Daniel Bryan match. You have to believe there'll be one. What looks like it'll be Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan versus uh Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Quite frankly, even Asuka versus Charlotte is a match with high interest. I believe that all five of the matches that I just mentioned are right now have more meat on them than Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie. Maybe not the Charlotte Asuka match, but definitely those other four. I, I mean, I think that Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, whatever match Daniel Bryan is in for his return match, is probably going to get ovation of the night. AJ Styles versus Nakamura could potentially steal the show for match of the night. You got Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar as your main event. You got John Cena and The Undertaker as your I never thought in a million years this match would happen. We need to inject some juice into Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie so that people actually have a conversation about where these matches are going to go on the card. Because right now, that mixed tag match, the only thing that's keeping it in the conversation of maybe this match will close the show is Ronda Rousey's star power. But even that I don't think is enough. I don't think it's in the conversation right now to close the show of WrestleMania 34. And it should be in that conversation. So hopefully, over the course of the next two weeks, we'll see some stuff on Raw involving Ronda Rousey that's really going to make us talk about this. Because this is not just, let's see Ronda Rousey in a ring. Because that's what the, the vignettes have been telling me. With her working out, It's the, the vignettes are pointing me in a direction of... This is a curiosity factor. I want to see what Ronda Rousey can do in a WWE ring. This is a lot more than that. You're involving Triple H and Stephanie. You're involving Kurt Angle. Like, this is a high-caliber match with real story behind it. So let's start telling that story, in my personal, humble opinion. That story isn't being told, and uh, I absolutely think that it needs to be told. Speaking of stories being told, we move on to story number three this week. So story number two was Ronda Rousey not being on TV and how odd it was that she wasn't. And I don't quite get the thinking behind it, but hopefully that'll be corrected. I think in the next two weeks, you know, I I think... So we've got John Cena and, and Kane wrestling next week, which is exciting. You know, a John Cena match and Kane, that'll be good. Um, I'm glad that they're not trying to push that for WrestleMania, but who knows? Maybe you'll see the old uh, gimmick where Kane takes his mask off and it's The Undertaker. It's possible. But I do think and hope that The Undertaker is on Raw next week. I would like to see two weeks of build between The Undertaker and John Cena. I would like to see two more weeks with Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle and Stephanie McMahon and Triple H all on TV. I would also like to see two more weeks of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar on TV. You know, there's so much. This WrestleMania card is so ridiculously packed. There is so much going on. I think that WWE should be using their TV to show how much they have going on. In 2018, WWE needs to be using Raw and SmackDown and just packing it full of stuff. On Raw, 
You got Braun Strowman in the tag team championship situation. You got Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. You've got uh, the triple threat for the Intercontinental title. You got the mixed tag with Ronda Rousey. You've got the universal title between Roman Reigns and the under uh, and Brock Lesnar. And you've got this match between the Undertaker and John Cena. And then over on SmackDown, you've got Charlotte and Asuka. You've got your U.S. Uh, triple threat match. You've got your uh, uh, you, WWE championship match, dream match between Nakamura and AJ Styles. And you've got what could be a tag match that's Daniel Bryan's return to the WWE ring. I mean, these shows in the next two weeks should be absolutely jam-packed. There is no reason that we should not be frothing at the mouth for WrestleMania 34 the way this card looks. If these stories are told right, there is no reason that we should not be frothing at the mouth, excited for WrestleMania 34. So speaking of WrestleMania 34, we go on to story number three, which is uh, happening at WrestleMania 34 during that weekend, the Friday before WrestleMania, the Hall of Fame. Mark Henry, the Hall of Fame, becomes the Hall of Pain as Mark Henry is inducted. Uh, I believe... The first place he really said he was retired was on this here podcast uh, in August at our live show, SummerSlam weekend. I believe that was the first time that he had said that. You can go and, and uh, go back and find that podcast, or you can watch it on YouTube. Both of the live shows from that SummerSlam weekend are on the YouTube.com slash NotSam channel. Um, but I, I am so thrilled that Mark Henry is going in. He really is. I mean, this is just... A genuine guy. You know, I'll tell you a story about Mark Henry, and this is this is the real life Mark Henry. So Mark Henry calls me up or texts me or something on SummerSlam weekend. And he's going like, Hey, uh, do you know any shows going on SummerSlam weekend? Whatever. Like trying to find out like if I know any promoters that are doing stuff that might, you know, want him to do something, which is regular. That's just a thing that happens in wrestling. You know, guys uh, uh, getting gigs or whatever. And I said, I'll look into it for you. And it's not an uncommon thing. You know, a, a lot of guys in the business, wrestlers, that, that old school carny mentality still exists. And there are plenty of wrestlers that I can tell are, I can tell when a wrestler is befriending me because they think that I'll be able to do something for them. They think that I'm going to get them money or get them a gig or they want a radio show or whatever. That's happened all the time. And I don't mind that. I don't mind helping these guys out. I love what they do. I'm always happy to help them out. But I know the difference between a guy who's like, you're a good dude, you're a buddy, and, oh, you got, you're angling here. Both I'm fine with, but one is not the other. They're very, very different things. So I'm going like, okay, maybe Mark Henry's angling a little bit. That's cool. But I go, hey, you know, and it's an, I go, hey, I'm doing a live show. This is a day before the live show. He's like, I'm like, when are you flying in? I think I'm doing the live show on Wednesday. This is Tuesday. He goes, I'm flying in tomorrow morning. I go, oh, well, I'm doing this live show. I'd love to have you if you want to come do it. And he goes, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And just like that. And I call him the next day. He's like, okay, what's the, just text me the address. And he just shows up to the live gig, gets up on stage, entertains everybody. He just did that. He just did that. Because he's a good guy like that. And he gives us this great interview and everything. And, and you know, I mean, and ever since then, we've been buddies. And he was on the podcast before then. If you go back uh, probably two years ago at this point, maybe more, maybe three years ago, there was a podcast uh, that I did. Peter Rosenberg is actually on the show with me, which hasn't happened in a while. It should happen again soon, I think. But it's me, 
and Mark Henry and Peter Rosenberg having this conversation. Um, and that was a great podcast. I believe that one's on YouTube, too, if you look it up. But Mark Henry is just a great dude. He's a really good guy, and he's earned his spot, man. He's earned it. He, in 96, he came in, and he clearly didn't know a ton about uh, wrestling or how to do it. And, and you know, it was, it, was, it was awkward when he first came in. But you start looking at what he's done. He tried to make it work in 96. But as we get into 98, 99, and he becomes sexual chocolate Mark Henry, he made it work. That's when, to me, Mark Henry started embracing characters because he truly embraced and became the sexual chocolate character. I got excited when I saw sexual chocolate on TV because something was going to happen. And like, think about all the classic things. I mean, his Nation of Domination stuff was actually pretty great. That's really when he started to turn around. But when he came out of the Nation of Domination and into Sexual Chocolate, that's when it was like you had Mae Young in her hand, you had the Sammy thing, all these things that on paper are absurd and could be looked at you know, in history as horrible gimmicks are all looked back on fondly, I think. You know, people are like, oh my God, that was so ridiculous when they did this, but it worked for some reason. And the reason that it worked was because of Mark Henry's commitment to it you know and then you move forward and you're at this place where mark henry is back not a ton going on but he's doing that tag team thing with with mvp and it's like okay we're looking for a spot with mark henry and then the hall of pain comes so now you've got a great run with the nation you got a great run of sexual chocolate and you're kind of done after that right not even close there's still gas left in that tank because you come back and you do the Hall of Pain. And he has a run as world champion. And it's a credible run as world champion. I mean, he was the top bad guy on SmackDown. And it wasn't like, oh, it was, you know, it, it, it was real. It was legitimate. It wasn't this thing of, oh, you know, this guy's been around forever. They keep trying things with this guy. When are they going to give this up? Not at all. Not at all. Hall of Pain Mark Henry? No way. Hall of Pain Mark Henry was a legitimate badass dude. You were afraid of Hall of Pain Mark Henry. And that, to me, felt like a spot and a run that most guys in his position wouldn't get. But it's another character that he fully embraced, and he went forward with it. And then you think Mark Henry is done. And I mean... The Salmon Jacket retirement speech is going to go down in history as one of the great swerves in WWE in all in, w, in all of WWE's time. The Salmon Jacket I'm retiring swerve is going to go down as an absolute classic, absolute classic. Um, you know, I just I, I just unbelievable unbelievable when he did that to John Cena and it made you believe that this guy who we believed is going to retire like okay maybe it is time for Mark Henry to retire we were believing that there is a scenario where Mark Henry could win the title from John Cena here and you know because of timing I personally really wanted that John Cena Mark Henry uh story to keep going because I thought Mark did have some gas left in the tank at that point and he did 
But it, it was, it was I believe, just one pay-per-view match. But that one pay-per-view match, I mean, the build to that match was just, it was qu- it was pretty damn near perfect. Just an amazing thing. And then after that, he goes on to uh, to, to help out in ways like to, to the, the guys that he put over after that and made look like a million bucks just can't be understated. So I, I think Mark Henry's contributions to the business are huge. I think that, I think this is as good a year as any for him to go in. You know, I it, it does feel like I wouldn't have been surprised if this had taken a little bit longer, but I am absolutely happy with him going in this year. You know, Bubba Dudley and Mark Henry are both good friends and good friends of the of this here podcast. Uh, great guys, and I'm really happy to be seeing both those guys go in this year. But major congratulations to Mark Henry. Now, in terms of who we think is going to induct Mark Henry, who is going to induct Mark Henry into the Hall of Fame. Could be a lot of people, you know. Um, who knows? It could be MVP, his tag team partner. Uh, I Could be Jerry Lawler, even though he's hosting. I mean, Jerry Lawler and him had a very... Jerry Lawler was the guy who gave him a feud in 1996. So it could be Jerry Lawler. Uh, it, it, it could be... A lot of different people. Unfortunately, it can't be Mae Young. <laughs> but, hmm. I'm really going to think about this. It could, I, You know what I would honestly do? I would try to get John Cena to induct me if I was Mark Henry. I would try to get John Cena to induct me because I just think that that salmon jacket retirement swerve is going to go down in history as maybe the best single thing that Mark Henry ever did. It'll be one of, it should be one of two people in my opinion. I think either John Cena should induct him to hearken back to the uh, to that bit, or the Big Show should induct him because the Big Show and Mark Henry they they uh, were kind of uh, uh, in in similar territory for a while. Both big men. Both had to take moments where they had to be humbled and sent down to developmental. Both ended up being uh, the icons that they always should have been. You know, I believe that the only reason the Big Show isn't going into the Hall of Fame this year is because the Big Show is going to headline a class. And some people think that Mark Henry should have headlined. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't fight it, but I'm also not sitting here. You know, I'm, I'm happy with Mark Henry's placement this year. You know, I, I think that he really... He really adds a lot to this class. I think that that fills this class out in a way that really uh, makes it a cool class. So I think the Big Show will end up headlining a class, though, and and I'm happy with that. But I'd like to see the Big Show induct Mark Henry if John Cena can't, uh, because another big moment that would be harkened back to is the night that Mark Henry and the Big Show collapsed the ring. You know, that's only been done a few times, and that's going to be one of those visuals that lasts forever. So I think either John Cena or The Big Show should induct Mark Henry. I think it's more likely that The Big Show will do it because I think they would only want John Cena to induct a headliner, and I wouldn't see John Cena inducting Goldberg this year. Plus, he just inducted somebody last year. Um, So my preference would be John Cena, but realistically, uh, I think it'll be The Big Show, and I'm happy with The Big Show inducting Mark Henry as well. It also gives The Big Show a spot on... The Hall of Fame. It gives him a spot at WrestleMania weekend, which, other than this, he uh, he doesn't have at the moment. So that's what I think about Mark Henry. Moving on <clears throat> to story number two this week 
is something that a lot of people have been asking me about on Twitter, asking me about in the comments uh, on my YouTube video about Daniel Bryan, and that's the ultimate deletion. The Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy, uh, ultimate, I believe it was called the ultimate deletion, Broken Matt, or Woken Matt, this isn't Broken Matt, Woken Matt and Bray at the Hardy compound. I couldn't believe personally that I'm watching Monday Night Raw and I get to see the return of Senior Benjamin, of Queen Rebecca, of King Maxwell. I couldn't believe that we got those elements of the Woken, I guess it was the Broken Universe, now the Woken Universe. Even even George Washington, the giraffe, all coming to Monday Night Raw. It's very rare that that much of a character that existed outside of WWE ends up in WWE. And I think it's a good thing. There's nothing like WWE that like this character in WWE or anywhere in wrestling right now. Um, as far as the execution of the thing, I was very surprised that they ended Raw with it. Not in a bad way, but I was just shocked that they gave it that kind of credence. You know, I don't think my personal opinion, uh, when Michael Cole said it was obnoxious, I know that was a point of controversy and something that uh, the broken one has addressed. Uh, I don't necessarily think that those were probably Michael Cole's words. I could be wrong. But my gut tells me that those were not Michael Cole's words. My gut tells me that maybe there's a, a certain McMahon that doesn't get this whole broken mat thing and that maybe a certain person was a little bit worried about closing Raw this way so he, they wanted a voice of WWE to agree with fans that thought that this whole thing was stupid when in reality fans didn't think the whole thing was stupid and that was obvious. Fans loved it as I am not shocked that they did because... Quite frankly, they did it right, you know? In the beginning, beginning of it, it started to look like it was going to be very polished, and it honestly started to remind me of the House of Horrors match with Randy Orton, which was a dud. Um, and I started to get a little bit nervous. I was like, ah, oh, don't ruin this, don't ruin this. They didn't ruin it. Seeing the dilapidated boat back, seeing everything back was really, really cool. Um, and it leaves us... Thinking a couple things. Like, I think it was I think it was done right. I thought it was funny that there were a lot of people going like, I don't know what I just saw, but I liked it. Well, yeah, you do know what you just saw. If you've been watching wrestling for the last couple years, you know what you just saw. Like, it didn't feel like... It, it, it felt satisfying in the sense it's what we were all expecting. It didn't feel like, uh, oh, what was that? You know, it wasn't... It wasn't what bro what Broken Matt was. When they first did this for the first time in TNA, it was so outside of the box that people were like, oh my God. You know, there was a debate when it first happened. Is this terrible or is it so bad that it's good? Now, oh my God, to say it's terrible would be a, a consenting opinion like I've never heard it. Not a consenting, uh, but 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 content. What, what, what's the word when you uh, disagree with everybody? That word. It would be a disagreeable opinion like I've never, ever heard before. If somebody were like, oh yeah, that's no good. This is terrible. Especially because it wasn't. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was great. I love seeing Vanguard 1 back. Uh, and it actually leaves us with something going forward. Clearly, we saw the return of Brother Nero. We don't know if Brother Nero is actually returning as Brother Nero because it was almost in a fantasy state. 
I probably could have done without Matt Hardy running that that like uh, Laurel and Hardy uh, running from uh, uh, logo to logo thing. That one little scene, I probably could have done without that. But everything else, I thought was brilliant, and uh, I thought that it was brilliant in the sense that it it not only told the story in the way that we were hoping. I thought it filled out the woken Matt Hardy character in a way that needed to be filled out on WWE TV. And it left us with stuff to talk about as far as that character goes moving forward. Meaning, we've now got to sit there and go like, okay, Brother Nero, Jeff Hardy, just showed up. Is he coming back as Brother Nero? Is he coming back at all? Because even though he was in the video... Technically, he might have been an apparition. He could have been in Bray Wyatt's fantasy. He could have been a hologram. He could have been a spirit. He could have been anything. We just saw him for a second, and then he disappeared. So, excuse me. Had to move the microphone. So, what's going on with that? What is going on with Brother Nero, and where does he stand? Furthermore, Bray Wyatt disappeared into the lake of... uh, of, uh, what's it called? When you die and you come back? You guys will tweet me about it. Um, Bray Wyatt disappeared into the lake of reincarnation. That's the word. I hope you didn't tweet yet. Bray Wyatt disappears into the lake of reincarnation. Senior Benjamin cannot find his body. Matt seems oddly satisfied with it, right? He says Bray Wyatt has been deleted. Now, you could take that a couple ways. You could say, okay, they're just done with Bray Wyatt and they figured out a way to get him off TV. I don't take it as that way. I think they're going to do something really, really interesting. And Bray Wyatt is going to go from cult leader to cult follower. I think Bray Wyatt is going to join the uh, Woken universe. I think we're going to see a new Bray Wyatt that is a part. That's what I would do coming off of this. I think we're going to see a new Bray Wyatt that is part of this universe that is now following Matt. I think Woken Matt is now going to have Queen Rebecca... He's going to have Senior Benjamin. He's going to have Brother Nero. And he's going to have Bray Wyatt. Although he'll obviously change Bray Wyatt's name to something. I don't know if Brother Bray is enough. But, you know, the, 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 the Bray of Wyatt, whatever it is. He'll change his name to something that is more suitable for the Woken universe. And I think that that's what this thing is going to lead to. A combination of Bray and Matt Hardy together. And quite frankly, you know, I'm happy with it because if Bray's doing anything, it's a good thing. You know, these, you, I, you certainly can't count on on stop, on Bray having a spot these days. So, you know, if, if it's Bray and Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy all together, I don't think that's a bad thing for anybody involved. You know, I think that, that, I think that, that would work. And I started like, yeah, okay, I can get it. I can dig it. And, you know... Maybe Bray can come out of this Woken universe at some point, restart his cult stuff, and become the character that we all know he can be. But in the meantime, I think that Bray should come up as a as a soldier in the Woken War, and that he should be, you know, fighting alongside Matt Hardy as Matt Second, you know, a follower of Matt, not an MFer like Shannon Moore, but a follower of the of the Woken universe. I think that's what happens with Bray. But I thought it was really well executed. I I thought that uh, WWE probably took their hands off of it a little bit. It was certainly far more polished than the TNA version was. Like, it was clear that WWE producers put that together. 
but creatively it seemed like they let Matt Hardy have his way. And that was the right way to go with that. That was the, and, and 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 stuff like that is the only way it's going to make it work. And you know, Jeremy Borash is I, apparently working for WWE now. I don't know if he's just doing NXT stuff or maybe if he had something to do with the production of that because I know Jeremy Borash was a big part of the original Broken Matt stuff. So maybe Borash helped produce the Woken Matt stuff too. I don't know. If I see Woken Matt, I will ask him, is Brother Borash helping you with this stuff? And hopefully he'll tell me. Hopefully he'll let me know. Let's get to the number one story this week here on the State of Wrestling. There's really only one way you can go with it. Even though we spent an hour talking about it on YouTube earlier this week, you can see it over at youtube.com slash notsam. We did it live. Um, But that's Daniel Bryan returning to a WWE ring. I thought the speech on SmackDown was incredible. Um... I thought it was perfect. You know, I, 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 I've said it before, but I think the Daniel Bryan story and really just his career, but a little bit of his personal life too, the Daniel Bryan story is going to make an amazing motion picture one day and not a wrestling movie, a movie movie. I mean, this is a story unlike any I've ever seen before and it's real life and it's so special and I'm so excited, but like as good as I felt after Daniel Bryan's speech on Tuesday night, I was like, my wife came downstairs because she heard me audibly laughing. And it wasn't laughing because I thought it was funny. It was laughing because I was happy. I was so happy that I was laughing when Daniel Bryan, German suplexed, I think Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens, whichever one it was. But when he started running between Sami and Kevin from corner to corner, and dropping those kicks and landing on the floor and getting up and dropping those kicks. First of all, I was excited enough when I could see that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were going to beat up Daniel Bryan. Because the fact that they beat him up means that he's ready to go. WWE would never have let him take a bump if he wasn't ready to go. When they beat him up, I said, this is real. He's really been cleared. It's physical competition with Daniel Bryan. This is incredible. Then... To watch uh, Daniel Bryan get in some offense after two years plus? Oh my God, did it feel good. I felt so good for Daniel Bryan. I can only imagine how good that must have felt for him. This was something that he thought was never going to happen, and now it's happening, and it's happening in a WWE ring, and it's a lead to WrestleMania. I mean, have you ever seen the crowd point to the WrestleMania sign? The fans pointed to the WrestleMania sign, and Daniel Bryan is so good. His instincts are so good. He knew not to do it. Daniel Bryan looked at the WrestleMania sign as the crowd pointed at it. I mean, it was beautiful. Now, I would have to believe that clearly they're going with Sami Zayn and Shane McMahon. I mean, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. And I think that that's the way to go. You know, I I, I think that the first match back for Daniel Bryan is going to be such a thrill that it almost doesn't matter what it is. So why waste a dream match on the first match back? do this tag match that actually will solve a lot of storyline dead ends in SmackDown. And quite frankly, it's going to be it's going to be the hottest match of WrestleMania. I personally believe in terms of fan reaction and all that. So, I'm super pumped. I can't wait for it. The question on a lot of people's minds is and I got uh I got a couple emails about it. I got comments about it. I got tweets about it is 
the uncomfortable feeling that you get seeing Daniel Bryan take bumps and the responsibility that we have as fans to protect our favorite wrestlers. Now, again, I said, and I stand by uh, on my YouTube show, that I put the full responsibility of the health of these wrestlers in the hands of WWE now because I feel like I can trust them. So I, I don't... I personally feel like if WWE is telling me that Daniel Bryan is cleared to compete, then he's healthy. And, you know, they in the press release, they gave out a list of doctors. All the specialists that Daniel Bryan was talking about seeing in his promo uh, is real. They gave out the names of the doctors that cleared him, and then they gave out the name of their medical director. WWE has a, a doctor already involved in a loss, a potential lawsuit. They're not going to put a doctor, their doctor's name on something that's a risk. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think our duty as fans is to have faith in the WWE system. If we as fans do not have faith in WWE's system to try to avoid injuries as much as possible, then our concern shouldn't be that the employees are going to get hurt, the competitors are going to get hurt. Our concern should be, or our, 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 our energy should be spent at WWE saying you need to protect these guys, not the guys themselves, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I storyline-wise, I think that that emotion that we all feel when, you know, being worried about Daniel Bryan, because we were told for so long that he couldn't handle any of these hits, that emotion is going to get played upon, and it's going to make for a more compelling match. But realistically, none of us are doctors. Most of us don't know Daniel Bryan. Most of us don't know exactly what's wrong. It's not up to us to stop a guy from living his dream or to slow down a guy from doing what he wants to do. If doctors are saying this is stupid, then yes, of course it is. But if doctors are not saying that and they're clearing him, then, you know, it's not up to us to say that, that he shouldn't be doing this. I don't blame you for having a, a uncomfortable reaction to it. I did too. I went, oh, no. My wife was saying the same thing. She was like, ah, but I feel weird seeing him take bumps. Yeah, you are going to feel weird. But you know what? Everyone that takes bumps is taking a risk. Everyone that Kevin Owens has ever powerbombed on the ring apron is taking a risk. Everyone that's ever been powerbombed in the ring is taking a risk. Everybody that's taking a bump is taking a risk. If you don't like seeing people put their health at risk, don't watch wrestling. An injury could happen at any time. These are as professional as people in this industry can possibly get. I don't think that injuries are going to happen. I don't think Daniel Bryan would be coming back if he were fragile. You know, I don't, WWE, just it's just not worth it to take that risk. But he's coming back. So, you know, I, I, I think that the emotion that you're feeling, if you are feeling that, is normal. But, you know, I don't think that to, to feel anything but happy about the fact that Daniel Bryan is coming back, to me, is misguided. This is a positive story, and it's only positive. Um, and, you know, and, and, it, and it's, it's a story about hope, really. And it's a story about making your dreams come true and fighting to make them come true. He's not going to quack doctors and getting bad results. It's real life, man. He's going to specialists. So I'm happy that he's back. And if he is coming back, it should be in a WWE ring because I trust 
the medical professionals that are around WWE more than I do any other wrestling promotion. You know, I, I think that this is better than him going to New Japan or Ring of Honor in terms of his safety. So I'm happy about it. I think it's only a good thing, and I think the vast majority of majority of us think so too. I think as far as him wrestling goes, I think that we'll see him at WrestleMania, and I think the next time we see him after that will probably be in this 50-man Greatest Royal Rumble match. And who knows, maybe he'll win the thing uh, to give him, you know, a, a, a nod for as controversial as the Royal Rumble has been to him. Maybe it'll be a backlash too. Who knows? I'm very excited about this Daniel Bryan thing. We sunk our teeth way into it. Go to the YouTube page and watch uh, the live show that I did with you guys. Uh, all about Daniel Bryan if you want to hear more about that. Uh, don't forget to sign up for Stitcher Premium at stitcher.com slash notsam. You can give a listen to the exclusive Captive Audience show. We've got three episodes up there now. The first one was Uncensored 95. I made my watch my wife watch it. Second one, I made my dad watch WrestleMania 9. And this week, I made my wife, Jess, watch WCW New Blood Rising. It's done in real time. You put on the podcast. You watch the show on the WWE Network. And I try to explain it to somebody. It's a great time. Thank you for being a part of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone.